Hi, and welcome to the DebtWire Middle Market Podcast. I'm Bill Weisbrod, Senior Reporter with DebtWire Middle Market. Today, we're joined by Vishal Garg, a Managing Director at private equity firm Windchurch Capital, to talk about the impact of rising commodity prices and inflation on middle market industrial companies. Before joining Windchurch this year, Garg managed manufacturing and supply chain operations for industrial conglomerate Dover Company. Thanks for joining us, Vishal. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's get started. Um, just in general, how much are middle market industrial companies impacted by rising prices at the moment? Yeah, you're actually seeing a pretty large impact at a lot of different companies. Um, you know, companies that use varieties of resin, use metals or lumber. You're definitely see, seeing a significant impact requiring their business to change in a lot of different ways. What commodities, you know, as you mentioned, you know, specifically are impacting the type of companies you invest in at Wind Church? And specifically, how do those input prices impact a company's balance sheet and, and operations? Yeah, absolutely. So, so for example, um, one of the common, uh, you know, pricing increases we're seeing is in the the resin market. And the resin market supports a lot of different industries and a lot of different products. And, you know, uh, companies are having to, A, fundamentally look at how to resolve these costs. Is A, pass it on to the customer, or B, find alternate materials, or C, find ways to drive productivity and their business using other ways to offset these costs. In addition, some of the other challenges, higher pricing is, dri- is driving in the market is longer lead times to our customers and, and impacting in our ability to deliver as fast as we can. You mentioned resins, specifically what type of industries, what type of companies use, use those? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, companies that support the hospitality industry, uh, companies that support the construction markets, um, you know, that co- company that supports the, the pool industries. So all these different industries use types of resin, you know, all different different types of resin. So I don't know every single type of resin out there, but, you know, all, all of them are impacted. And you said adjusting pricing, passing pricing on to customers. How much ability to withstand pricing increases are you seeing from customers at this point? You know, it's it's interesting, right? I think you know it really depends on on the type of product or, or type of customer. You know, um, you know the, the the good thing, if you want to call it a good thing, is you know everybody's seeing price increases across the board. So when you're having that conversation with the customer regarding a price increase, they're not surprised because they're seeing it in a variety in a variety with other businesses. So from that perspective, it's, it's easier, but at the same time, you know, you know, uh, in, the, in, the, in the future, next year, two years from now, and come out, you know, hopefully commodity prices stabilize, you know, you're gonna, you know, that's, you'll be having a conversation on the other side is, you know, where's my, where's my price reduction now? Commodity prices are being reduced and being able to manage that. So I think, you know, it's, it's not too difficult today. Um, but it's more about, the cycle and understanding the 
what's going to happen in one year, two years, or three years from now. How so? I mean, do in, in, just in terms of planning out contracts or, or planning out future, future pricing methods, you know, how would a, a company plan ahead for that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, so, you know, from, from a planning perspective, it really depends on the, the type of relationship you have with your customer is, you know, are, do you have spot pricing or do you have contracts? that are index based and commodity pricing, or do you have, you know, uh, agreements to renegotiate after a commodity pricing goes up and down a certain percentage based on, uh, on agreed value, you know, from the business perspective, you know, the, the, you know, some companies will have quarterly agreements. Most commonly you'll see, you'll see that in the steel industry where quarterly agreements fix pricing in every quarter. Is re-reviewed based on commodity pricing. Um, in in resins, you know, I've seen quarterly or yearly contracts as well. Um, and depending on the customer, you know, it depends on their business model and what you can have uh, a, a fair negotiation that makes sense for everybody. Can middle market companies compete with larger rivals on pricing? You know, I, I, I overall I think so. I think I haven't seen you know a a situation where a larger rival typically um, has, uh, you know, drives a significant uh, price issue where a middle market company loses its advantage. Most of the time, when when somebody is going to a middle market co- company, it's it's probably because that middle market company provides a certain value that the larger company cannot provide. You know, it could be a, an innovative product. It could be delivery. It could be a regional benefit. You know, each business is different. But most of the time, when you know somebody, a customer going to a middle market company, if it's a large player, they have some competitive advantage that that's um, are allowing them to be successful. Got it. So it's it's rare to see a middle market company go go head to head with a much larger business on the, you know on a specific product. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I'm. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but I think you know, it, it's. It's every business is different, but you're right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I haven't seen that where that's been a major issue to um, for a company to be successful. And then you touched on this earlier, but how are you know what we're seeing with commodity prices uh, impacting supply chain operations specifically at the moment? Yeah, you're right. It, it is it is impacting supply chain operations a lot. I think that's that's been the the bigger challenge than necessarily managing, you know, managing pricing. You know, if hey, are you able to get the material on time? Are you able to uh, manage your material lead time versus the customer lead time? So, for example, if your material lead time, your commodity material lead time is three months. But your customer lead time is a month. You could be paying for something that you agreed to pay for three months in advance. But when a customer buys it a month for, within a month lead time, the customer pricing could be could could have a different perspective because the commodity pricing has changed. So, so that's one issue you have to deal with. And then the second second thing is you know because of the significant. Uh, demand in the market in, in certain commodities like a resin, you know, certain suppliers are putting companies on allocation 
to say, hey, here's how much you're going to, how much we can give you per month. And now you're having to manage how do you distribute that raw material in, in your business and your, for your customers. Is that something that could manifest itself on a company's balance sheet? You sort of, you mentioned maybe mismatch between selling lead times and production lead times, but you know, how, if at all, would, would those, those operational challenges manifest themselves on a, on a balance sheet? Yeah, you know, you know, so it's interesting. I think, you know, the, the, you know, for, from a balance sheet perspective, you know, you're, you are taking all the inventory you can get. So you potentially could have higher inventories, uh, or impacting your working capital on the balance sheet. Um, if, you know, your business philosophy is, Hey, we're going to take everything we can because we don't know what's going to happen in the future based on a certain pricing. Um, or on the other hand, they could go the other way where your balance sheet, uh, is going to working capital has been really low because your, your demand is higher than what you're able to get on the resin, on the resin market, for example, and you're consuming everything and shipping everything out. So I think it just, you know, it's, it depends on the business philosophy. Some, some businesses are just taking everything they can and knowing that there's a fluctuation in the market and some businesses are just managing demand and supply very carefully and to make sure that they can meet, they can meet the customer, customer demand and which ultimately um, keeps the balance sheet in good shape. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like working capital is, uh, is really where the, the pressure point could be, at least on and that's that aspect of what we're talking about. What about hedging contracts? I know that's a, a common way companies try to offset commodity price fluctuation risk. How does that play into what we're talking about? No, good question, right? So I've seen companies, you know, like I mentioned earlier, companies hedge for a quarter at a time just to have some 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 stability. Um, in this market, hedging, you know, works a little bit to your advantageous when you're seeing consistent price increases. But for example, in the last couple of months, we've seen you know lumber prices go down. So if you had hedged, you maybe would have had a negative impact in uh, your, your third quarter, but then you'll make it up in fourth quarter. So you know, it, it it depends on the sophistication of the business, their ability to manage all these different commodities. And middle market companies typically have much more limited resources. So it's also the business's ability to look at all these different commodities, which ones can they manage from hedging, which ones they want to spot by to manage their pricing and their ability to fluctuate that pricing to their customer. Um, if they have flexibility where they can fluctuate weekly, you know, they might uh, decide spot buy makes sense. But if they're not able to do that, then they might quarterly hedge, knowing that at least, you know, their customers are not going to see consistent changes in, uh, in, in their pricing, um, especially, with, especially, especially with some of the you know, products that have longer lead times. It's, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to change that on a, on a regular frequency. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds like, you know, the use of hedging contracts is it's a lot easier said than done. And it's a lot and it's, it's more complicated than it, than it would seem on the surface to to try to offset some of these this this volatility. Yeah, I think that's why you see it. You see it more. At least I've seen it more in the larger corporations, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the hedging contracts because they have all the resources, the time. Well, they have dedicated people working on each commodities. When the middle market companies, you know, you just typically don't have all those resources. 
Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's finite what's focused on, and and uh, and then determine which you know f- is the best financial decision of the business. I mean, to that point, it sounds like you know unpredictability surrounding commodity prices and and supply chain. Yeah, you know, commodity prices and commodity availability is is more the issue than opposed as opposed to going up uh, and just shortages and and prices going up you know it's it's more like the unpredictability is the is the real challenge i mean would you is that fair to say or, or not necessarily yeah yeah i mean obviously no one likes paying more right but i think unpredictability drives drives more chaos in in businesses you know because it's the consequence of unpredictability of what needs to happen if your material doesn't show up how do you manage your factories how do you manage your labor how do you manage your job sites you know, um, how do you, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. You, you walk to a Starbucks today and they'll have a big sign. We have supply chain shortages. Some things may be out and it's all driven, you know, people are willing to pay five prices, but um, if they know their products are going to show up on time and things are there every day, but um, you know, you, you can manage, you can manage the pricing in a lot of different ways of being able to manage pricing and unpredictability, unpredictability is difficult. How does the current environment of what we're seeing in terms of supply chains and pricing compare to any other? Is, is there any other time you've seen that's similar to this in, in your career? Um, to be frank, no. You know, I you know I've seen you know you know if I look at the last ten years, um, you know most suppliers and businesses I've worked at, you know, in, in public companies and not private. Is you know we've been able to partner with with different commodity pr- suppliers or value add suppliers for that sense and derive you know good productivity material productivity through you know changing materials or just negotiating pricing or just commodity prices being lower. Um, this is the first time, at least that I can remember, in the last ten years where. Where you know every other day from some supplier you're looking at a a price increase and you're looking at how, how are you going to manage it how you're going to offset it and what are you going to do differently so this is um, at least for me been a been a whole new experience. Not to put you on the spot, and I guess I'm sure it's hard to say, but how do you see this dynamic playing out in in the world of corporate finance, especially for uh, middle market companies? Well, I think, you know, how do I, how do I see playing out? I think that the companies that have their supply chains managed tighter are going to see a much more impact to the bottom line. What I mean by that is companies that are not sole source on one commodity who have, who set up, the, who set up multiple options upfront in their process are going to ultimately see a, a boost in, in, in their financials, um, which will eventually, which will ultimately allow them to grow market share and from a middle market perspective, increase value because you can grow market share now that you have an upfront process. So for example, you know, if you have, if you, you know, you make product A and, you know, you have three resins that you can make product A with, because you've done the upfront work, the engineering approvals, and things like that to get that approved. So even though you're 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 typically buying you know resin one, but now resin two and three are available, but not resin one, and you you have that flexibility, 
you're going to be successful, increase valuation, and, and drive market share because you can deliver um, versus uh, companies that you know only own, only have one option, but now trying to you know make some changes and drive struggles. I think you're going to see different you're going to see different challenges. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And it really sounds like it's a, a range of industries that are impacted by this. Anything else, as, as you mentioned earlier, you know, manufacturing, whether it's like pool products or, or building products, is just a very diverse range of end markets that are, or, and, and sourcing uh, and industries that are feeling this. So, yeah, I mean, anything else you think we didn't mention that, you know, related to this topic that you think might be worth touching on? No, I think yeah, great conversation. I think you're seeing you know a lot of a lot of variety of impact, and uh, you know it's going to be interesting what happens in the next next twelve months. But I think we're all going to learn something new. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, it, this is sort of uncharted territory for the past few decades. So I think we will. We definitely will. All right. Well, well, thank you, Vishal. I really appreciate you taking the time. All right, great. Well, thank you. You have a good day. Yep. You too.